This is the Great IO Get Together, originally recorded on YouTube Live. Although you can listen to the show as a podcast, you only get the full experience by visiting thegig.online/youtube. Viewing pleasure, the online show that will change how you think about online shows. Welcome to the Great I.O. Get Together. On tonight's show, fun and excitement like you won't believe. The thrills, the chills. Now join me in welcoming your hosts and mine, Richard and Tara. Thank you so much, Pete, and uh, welcome everyone, of course, to the great IO get-together number five. Never have I ever had such a psyop. Uh, my name's Richard. This is my co-host, Tara. What's going on, Tara? Any stories you would like to share? <laughs> no stories. I've been uh, reading The Secret History of Wonder Woman, though. Have you read this? No. You would not... Okay, spoiler alert, but Hugo Munsterberg is a main character in this book. Directly responsible for creating Wonder Woman. That's all I'll say. Directly. Well, indirectly. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe I'll have to check it out now. Um, maybe our guests will too. Um, who, uh, if, for though, if you've never joined us live, our dear guests, uh, we do record these things live so that we can take your questions live on the show. Uh, live gigs are actually an, an excuse for our Discord community, uh, where you can chat with your fellow IOs uh, during the show or really anytime you want. You can find more details about that at the gig. Dot online. Uh, all of our regular shows, and this one is no exception, have two halves. Uh, in the first half, we have a little bit more fun. In the second half, we get a little bit more serious, uh, all with our guests or guests of the day. Uh, at the top of today's gig, uh, Never Have I Ever at PSYOP. Uh, and if you've never played Never Have I Ever, the idea is that uh, one person says something that they've never done, like Never Have I Ever played a game of Never Have I Ever. Uh, and everyone that's done that thing would normally take a drink out of like a red Solo cup. Uh, in our case, no drinks this time, uh, at least for me. Uh, instead of drinking, we're just going to ask people to tell us a little bit of a story about their answer. All And all the scenarios and the experiences people will be sharing are going to be about the PSYOP conference and things surrounding the PSYOP conference. So if you notice I've said uh, they and them a few times, it's because we actually have two guests today. Uh, one of those guests, uh, Dr. Lisa Finkelstein, a professor of social and industrial organizational psychology at Northern Illinois University, who was on the SIOP program chair track between 2004 and 2006 and SIOP conference chair in 2011 and 2012. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, I think. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be nice. As nice as we can be. Thank uh, you. <laughs> The, the other of our guests is uh, Dr. Elizabeth McCune, uh, Director of Employee Listening Systems and Culture Measurement at Microsoft, and on the SIOP program chair track between 2019 and 2021, ending just this year. Uh, in fact, just like a few weeks ago. So welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Hello, everyone. Excited to be here. And uh, with Lisa, just, just a little nervous. but <laughs> it, It'll be fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, so as I, as I said before, today we're going to play, be playing a little bit of a game, Never Have I Ever, but with a couple of changes from the game uh, that uh, folks might already know. Uh, one, I'll be reading all of the questions and also answering them. 
Um, as I will be saying a variety of things that I have and have not done in our list of things uh, that will be never have I ever. Um, in addition, in, in addition, instead of drinking, I actually didn't verify that no one would be drinking, but uh, instead of that, the plan is maybe in addition to, we'll just be raising hands enthusiastically. Uh, <laughs> some of our questions are from viewers. Uh, some of, are from me, some are from Tara. Um, we'll be also taking live Never Have I Ever suggestions from the audience. So if you've got a good one, uh, share it in our Discord community or in the YouTube live chat. Uh, we'll play this game maybe 20, 30 minutes, have a little break, and then chat a little more seriously about the PSYOP conference, what it's been, what it is, where it's going. Um, so everybody clear on our rules? Mm-hmm. Okay, then I'm going to switch over to our... Uh, well, that's going to be very confusing for anybody watching. Switch over to our uh, uh, leaderboard interface. Uh, we're going to be counting uh, how many never-have-I-evers that people respond to, and there will be a winner with, let's say, a yet-to-be-determined prize. Or... So is the winner the person who's done the most things or the least things? Definitely the most things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, first up in our list, we're going to start with things about preparing for the conference. Uh, never have I ever uh, finished writing a PSYOP talk on the plane to the conference. Ooh. Nobody, nobody, ah, yeah, there's one. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's another. I, yeah, I definitely have done that. Lisa, was that no from you? Never, ever, ever. I wow. do have the fortitude to do that. I would be so nervous. I'm one of those people <laughs> that turns everything in early. Like I turn my PSYOP um, submissions in the day before. I can't wait at all. I'm just really afraid oh. something's going to go wrong. Um, and like my computer will die or my brain will go blank or something. So I couldn't, I would be a nervous wreck. So I have never even come close to doing anything like that. Wow. That's amazing. I only hesitated yeah. because I'm usually doing it in the hotel room 10 minutes before the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the plane, that would be early. <laughs> I, did, I did think of one specific experience of writing it on the plane. But what first came to mind was a particularly nerve wracking ignite session that i was oh. absolutely finishing in the 15 minutes before the slot <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll enjoy our next question then never have i ever finished writing a talk the day of the session <laughs> <laughs> well that's just a gimme then that's that doesn't count <laughs> Should I, take it? I don't know if i actually have the day of i've definitely tweaked it like changed things i don't think i've ever finished it though that counts. Tweaking it is tweaking like is, the last tweaking step. Is finishing? Oh, I think so. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, never have I ever started writing a talk on the plane to the conference. Mm. Started? Started. Started. That's, I mean, that's just living too dangerously. <laughs> it's life on the edge. <laughs> living too dangerously. I've never <laughs> brought my computer to up. Is that going to be a question? What? I've never, <laughs> never done any work at up. Can that be a question? What? <laughs> I'm jealous of this you. is fascinating. Yeah, wow. Uh, we're going to go a little more extreme. Never have I ever not shown up to my own session. <laughs> Never missed your own session by accident or on purpose. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, if we had missed it because we forgot, we wouldn't really know, right? It later. <laughs> I've actually had dreams during PSYOP that I didn't go to the to a session like that has that has definitely happened i've always gone though about never have i ever shown up late to my own session after they've already started so we're just too conscientious yeah i'll 
silently click a button and not say anything. Okay. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> not super late. Just like I've walked in when they've clearly like started. That has happened. Uh, I, I think that's once. the definition of late. That's yeah. late. Yes, actually. It's not like really. dramatically late. Just like they, they're like, not sure I'm going to be there or not. And they're like, so I guess we'll get started. And I'm walking in the door as they say, I guess we'll get started. That has definitely happened. You're just that's trying to make a big entrance, right? Well, sorry, what? <laughs> You're trying to make a big entrance? Oh, I yeah, I should have. That's a good idea. Next time. <laughs> Next time we'll do that. Um. Never have I ever skipped a session because I was still working on my slides. Like a session you were presenting at? No, just you would plan oh. to go to a session, maybe told somebody you go to a session. Oh, there we go. <laughs> sure. For sure. <laughs> Every year. <laughs> Best of intentions. Uh, never. This might be a, uh, this is a more fun one. Never have I ever survived a major technical snafu mid-session. Mm. One Elizabeth. I've no. been lucky. I don't remember. Yeah. What What happened to you, Elizabeth? Um. When I so in the the first year responsibility as program chair is to uh, chair the theme track series mm -hmm. of sessions. Um. And to this day, I couldn't be a hundred percent sure about exactly what happened. Um. But we had an issue with the decks at one of the sessions. Um, mm. I think maybe there was some sort of late breaking changes. Um, and <laughs> and then um, Microsoft PowerPoint, one of my favorite products in the world, um, <laughs> was choosing to misbehave in that moment. <laughs> um, so it took us a, probably a solid five minutes to get things up and running. Um, so, but the audience was extremely gracious and uh, the presenters were seamless and recovered. Mm. Nicely, so all worked out in the end. Oh, good. See, that's an argument for not over preparing because then you're ready to just adapt to the new circumstances. Like this wasn't at PSYOP, but once I was giving a talk in 30 seconds before I went out to do it, the um, AV crew pushed a button that somehow reordered all of my slides in a random order, like all 75 of them. And it was like, have fun. <laughs> so uh, you know, had I had I been too wedded to that order, I think I'd be in big trouble. But wow. since I'm an underpreparer, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I will say that's the most impressed I've ever been. Well, it, not a PSYOP story also, but uh, a presenter, like they couldn't get the slides to work. And after about a minute, like, that's ah, fine. Uh, and just started talking. And I'm like, that's a level of prep that I'm I don't relate to. <laughs> I would at least need notes. I don't think I could do it completely blind. <laughs> uh, all right, we uh, so these that's all of our preparation questions. We move into a different group. Uh, never have I ever stopped researching something because of something I heard someone say at the conference. Stopped. Stopped. Okay, never. I I yeah I think I've had. Well, we'll get to another question. <laughs> Nothing on that one. Never have I ever started researching something because of something I heard at the conference. Oh, I for sure have. Oh, yeah. A lot of time. Oh, everybody. For sure. Yeah. Nice. Uh, anything fun or just like, oh, I had a nice idea or is it something like totally out of left field? What kind of ideas are we talking about? Well, the most vivid memory that I have was when I was a pretty brand new graduate student um, and I was sitting in on a session about 
culture, which, you know, has not been the trajectory of my career, but it was super interesting at the time. And Harry Triandis was the discussant. And he said something like, you know, time is really an aspect of culture that people don't think about enough. And I was like, oh, wow. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And it ended up becoming my master's thesis. Um, and it was just an offhand comment that he made. I think he was just kind of riffing. And for me, it was hugely, hugely important. That's awesome. Uh, never have I ever sped up some research because of something I heard at the conference. <laughs> nope. No? Solid nose? Solid nose. All right, you're not really letting us know your answers, Richard. Yeah, I've just, noticed that as well. Just ignore. <laughs> I'm not clicking in the background. <laughs> I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, uh, that may be a yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, here's a fun one. I don't know this, this group, but uh, never have I ever explained someone's own research back to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a Tara hand. Okay. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> What, so these are stories. So what, what happened here for, for either of you? Well, I'll let Elizabeth go first while yeah, I relive the more of a, a practitioner lens on this one. Um, but <laughs> I have probably done this more than once. I, I'm awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's one particular instance where I remember connecting with somebody at, um, at a happy hour um, at PSYOP and was talking about this amazing presentation that I had seen earlier in the day. And I, I mean, I must've been so enthralled in the content of the slides. Um, it was literally that person who had presented it <laughs> just earlier in the day. Um, and they were like, is that, is it possible that it was my presentation? I was like, oh no, I would remember you. I was, like, <laughs> it was definitely their presentation. Oh. So, yes. That's great. Wow. At least it was in a good way, though. I mean, that's the highest I mean, I, Yeah, it's just like, I've been telling everybody about this amazing presentation that I saw, and they were like, thank you. And I was like, you are very gracious. Yes. <laughs> Tara, what Oh, no, yours? I don't need to tell my story. It's it's far yeah. too embarrassing. I, are you making me? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, so this was also a graduate school story. I was um, babysitting a poster for a friend of mine, who had to, he actually had two posters in the same session, so he couldn't stand in front of both of them at the same time. So I very kindly agreed to just like hang out by his poster and try to answer questions. And it was about IRT, something about like comparing the chi-square test to the LR test and, you know, fairly technical. And so I'm standing there, I'm like, no one's going to come to this poster. It's about whatever. And then someone came up, started asking me some questions. And so I started from the very basics of like, well, here's what a chi-square test does. Here's what an LR test does. I failed to look at the name tag. Unfortunately, the name tag said Brett Strascow. <laughs> so that was very terrible. But, you know, he was very kind and pretended like what I was saying wasn't complete nonsense. So that was fun. <laughs> nice. Uh, never have I ever presented in a session with more panelists than attendees. <laughs> Totally. Oh, every, tell everybody. All right. <laughs> uh, oh, never have I ever had a discussant shred my paper in public. In the session. <laughs> you better raise your hand for this one, Richard. I'm seeing it. <laughs> that maybe. <laughs> no others, though? Oh, man. Uh, shred. 
I mean, you know. Heavily, heavily oh. criticize during a live, like, excuse me, I have a question that's more of a comment. One of those. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about Ben the Shredder? I think probably not. I'd be surprised with this group. No. Yeah, I haven't either. All right. Let's, uh, we go to an interpersonal topic now. Never have I ever hunted down someone I wanted to talk to at PSYOP. That seems like something I would do. I don't have any specific like memory. Yeah, but I can't think of who. Probably yeah. not. It seems, I, I feel like this is actually a common experience. I'm like, I know so-and-so is at some party, and I have to figure out where that party is, and then I have to find them in the party. It's a whole process of, 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 of uh, hunting. How about... Well, Oh, go ahead. I think I've you know, mellowed out a little bit um, over time, but definitely as a graduate student, I, yeah. had, I had a sh not super short list of <laughs> <laughs> folks that I definitely wanted to run into. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was tasked by, uh, as a grad student, was tasked by a faculty in our program. It's like, you have to go hunt this person down. And she literally was like, here are all the places to check. Here's a phone number if that doesn't work. Like it was it was a serious directive, which didn't work at all. Didn't, <laughs> didn't help me at all, even a little bit. Um, well, but never have I ever been hunted down by someone at a conference. I don't think so. Mm, click. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I, I feel like now I shouldn't have written these questions. This is this is getting more personal than I intended you have uh, no one to blame but yourself <laughs> uh never have i ever created vanquished or confronted a research enemy vanquished that's quite a word mm -hmm. yeah well if you haven't done any like shredding then arch enemy vanquished. arch enemy even yeah or just someone, a regular enemy someone who you materially disagree with have mm -hmm. you ever confronted or Maybe even fat, maybe someone, maybe that comment, not a question person became your enemy. Any, any of these, I, nothing. All right. I'm not, Have you, I think, I think we're, we're just see, again, years, Richard. Yeah. Again, I should, I shouldn't have written the questions is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I might, I might've confronted, been confronted. I should say I didn't confront. I was confronted. <laughs> so are you going to tell us what happened? <laughs> This is, see, I shouldn't have done this. This is, I'm regretting everything right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I had a, I had something that was quite confrontational in a bit of work about someone else's work. And I was standing at a poster and a person came up to me, um, flipped her name tag around so I couldn't read it and then began grilling me uh, about that poster and what it meant in relation to the previous work that she had in fact written, but didn't tell me it was her. <laughs> um <laughs> had a specific confrontational moment uh, at the end uh, because she literally said, so, do you know who I am? Uh, and I, and one of my more clever lines, I said, I'm pretty sure I do because no one else would care about this poster. <laughs> Which I don't think she knew what to do with. <laughs> wow. Arch yeah. enemy material for sure. And as a grad student, that was grad student. She shouldn't have done However, that. <laughs> the answer to don't you know who I am is always no, even if you do know who they are. That is just <laughs> the standard response. Like, doesn't matter. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, memories. Most of my stories I've, I've figured out are from grad school also. That was a, was a volatile time. 
For uh, sure, because after or- grad school, no one's allowed to have fun anymore. That's why. So this one might be, so this is a pretty broad question. Never have I ever had a name tag faux pas. No, I feel like my story is basically a name tag faux pas, so I'll double count yeah. it. It's kind of kind of a yes on everybody. I think so, yeah. Lisa, do you have that? Yeah. What's what's Lisa's story? Well, I just think I <laughs> I mistook somebody for somebody else, like not reading their name tag carefully enough and realized it later. But I only have a vague memory of doing this. It wasn't like a huge mm-hmm. but I remember being like, Oh, I don't think that was the person I thought it was. I remember the year that we um, switched the, I don't remember what year it was, but in this year that we switched the formatting on the name tags, because it used to be that your last name was large font, like, you know, so you could see from across the room, and then we flipped it, and then the first name um, became, which, for the record, I'm a huge fan of now, (laughs) at the time, (laughs) in my, you know, attempts to hunt people down <laughs> that turned out to be quite a barrier <laughs> and I, I wasn't fanned and I mentioned it to somebody who uh, turned out to be material part of that decision making process <laughs> so it was a very meta name tag faux pas <laughs> and they very kindly explained the theory and the rationale behind it um, which in- immediately I wasn't super keen on but like I said have come to appreciate our, uh, our next group is actually about grad school. Uh, so I have to think think back some years. Uh, never have I ever crammed more than four people into a hotel room. <laughs> more than four? More like, than four. To sleep, right? Not just to hang out? Right. Oh, yeah, Staying in a room. Yeah. I, I, we've done four. I've never done more than four. Oh, I've done six. I've done six. Six. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. With, One person that... had to sleep on the floor. Yeah, so I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> I Wait. think we just all snuggled. <laughs> uh, never have I ever fanboyed or fangirled over seeing a famous writer of an article you read. That's, all the time. Okay. Like, this year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard, especially in grad school when you're, you, especially first year. I feel like that's when it was the worst. Like, I'm like, I know your name. <laughs> oh, man. Um, never have I ever attended an event where I didn't know anybody. Just kind of crashed it. Oh. Probably. Yeah. How else do you get to know people if you only hang out with people you already know? Man, Good. we're very, I, I sure very that... different. <laughs> <laughs> I make sure to know people like Tara who will introduce me to other people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I have to have a lifeline. There has to be like one person. I can deal with one. I can't deal with none. Agreed. I'm with you, Richard. <laughs> uh, never have I ever talked to exhibitors just to get free swag. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All the time. I, I see no hand, Elizabeth. You've no, never, I really... Never. I, no, I but I do, but I rely on. I have a a very a longtime colleague who ha, who has a very strict regimen of making the booth tour, and I rely yeah. on him to help me be more comfortable in getting that hookup. But it's usually him like passing stuff off to me. <laughs> it's a treasured ritual. It is. You usually don't even have to talk to anyone. You can just like swipe stuff on the way. Oh, yeah. I'm so awkward. It's at kind of like trick or treating. <laughs> <laughs> 
they sometimes try to drag you in though like i i, tr I remember trying that and be like oh, hey. but as soon as you make eye contact that's where you've lost i i personally have not ever um you know been on the staffing side of those mm. books but being a practitioner, right, many of the folks in my network have and are, and I, um, yes, I, I think the, you know, the trick-or-treat approach is probably, is not problematic, but folks definitely appreciate, you know, <laughs> even just catching up to chat informally, it's not directly about the product, yeah. I actually, I feel kind of guilty, like, if I know somebody and I walk up and I'm trying to talk, like, chat with them, I'm like, I don't want to just, like, start stealing your candy. I feel weird about that. <laughs> I think you just have to get over that feeling. Yeah. Mm. Take it. So so related, never have I ever attended an event purely for free food. It's a double on Lisa. <laughs> I mean, that's why events have food. <laughs> to get people yeah, to come to them. Or shame there. <laughs> uh, never have I ever pretended to belong at an event where I clearly did not belong. Ooh. You're yeah. second guessing. What like what have you what have you gone to you didn't belong at, Lisa? Oh, lots of things I wasn't invited to, but um definitely the uh, I've crashed the workshop party many, many times with the shrimp. You know, everybody wants to go with the big shrimp. That is um, I usually had somebody smuggling me in sometimes with <laughs> fake fake IDs. <laughs> wow. I, I almost thought you said I had somebody smuggling me shrimp. So that's this is better. <laughs> No, I was imagining like smuggling, like hiding you under a coat and like oh. walking really awkwardly into the room. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> rolling like a coffee cart. Of, like hiding behind people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was many times. Uh, never have I ever attended a non-PSYOP event at the same hotel. Oh. That's super fun. <laughs> oh, Strongly recommend to anyone who doesn't do that. There was, I, I don't remember what PSYOP it was, but one time there was a prom, like simultaneously. That, that was when yeah. I was raised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Went to prom. <laughs> no prom, Elizabeth? No. Oh. No. no. You and I are on the same point on the introversion spectrum there, I think, Richard. <laughs> I, I will say I did, I did crash a prom, but I crashed it with other people. That was not alone. <laughs> was not alone activity. Is this whole exercise a secret personality test? What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> uh, well, then the next group, which I've labeled partying questions, will be extra informative. So, uh, never have I ever stayed up past one a.m. That's all. All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and credit two a.m. Still, everybody, 3 a.m. <laughs> how, how late are we talking? Well, that's sort of a weird story. So one time I was up all night, but not at completely oh. for fun. I actually had my purse stolen. And so um, this was at the LA conference when I was the program chair. Oh. <laughs> 
stolen from the bar with all of my my phone and my keys and my everything. I owned my wallet full of stuff that I should have left at home and all that. So I was dealing with the police and and then I just couldn't fall asleep. And it was my first EB meeting the next morning and I was secretary and I had to type minutes for eight hours straight on no sleep. So and it had been a night out prior to that. So I <laughs> had been out partying and then I and I never went to sleep and then I took the EB minutes for I would love to read those minutes I bet they are hysterical (laughs) yeah they're probably pretty funny wow yeah so that was that was the worst so I was up all night but but otherwise I would have but I think otherwise I've probably stayed up till three no longer I go to bed at 8 30 like normally in my life so that's like a stretch oh at night okay yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. right now in my old age but i used to be able to do it yeah i think worst uh i ever did so usually it's around one or two i think most nights for me but uh i remember one year it was four which was also the day i discovered i got tenure <gasps> yeah so that was a late night and then i did the fun run in the morning which was definitely a mistake <laughs> <laughs> That's not great. so fun, huh? No, I thought I would was going to die quite literally. <laughs> run. Like, I'm just gonna pass out on the side of the side of the walk in any minute now. Uh, never have I ever gone drinking with my grad school advisor or boss. In grad school, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gone drinking or had drinks. I, I yeah, it's I find mine. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that is a fine line. Uh, well, just everybody gets a point. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> never ever, never have I ever ha- been part of a dance at PSYOP. <laughs> no, Tara. Yeah, no, me either. I definitely have not done that. What, I'm, where, screwing was... up, I'm screwing up the reliability of your scale here, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the same one, Lisa? Did you do the um, flash mob with Talia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have missed that for the world. That was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I definitely watched that. Was not a part of that. <laughs> yes, I applauded. Front. Never have. We kind of already got this one. Never have I ever crashed a party. We totally covered this. Yeah, yeah, we did, I think. Yeah, you still get extra points. And cool. <laughs> never have I ever attended more than four parties in a night. <sighs> Definite. All right, let's jump to six. Sure. More than six. Hard to remember. If it's more than sex, then you might probably, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably is more than, yeah. Touche. <laughs> not sure on that one. All right, we've we've actually reached the end. Are there any? I'm very surprised by these results. Are there any guesses? As to who's wait, the winner? Forgot, is the winner the one with the most? The most. Who's the, most. the winner? Yeah. Well, you're you're kind of a mystery element here. We don't know. You're pretty cagey about it, so I don't know. I'm gonna guess Richard is. Yeah, I am one of the ones at the beginning, so it's definitely not me. I only have the party one. <laughs> So it is, in fact, a three-way tie between Lisa, Tara, and me with 18. 
and Elizabeth a a, uh, a healthy 16 in that list. I think everybody wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially Elizabeth for being the most responsible among us. That's, <laughs> that's I'm pretty not sure a... I said, said yes to all those lack of preparation questions. <laughs> I was very prepared. I was just going to a lot of parties and not. <laughs> uh, well, excellent. I, I hope this has been an informative "Never Have I Ever" game. Uh, it's definitely has been eye-opening to me. I've learned so much. You made it through in one piece. I'm, I'm so proud of you all. That's great. Uh, so what what we're gonna do right now is have a brief five-minute break, and then we're going to come back, have uh, some slightly more serious questions about PSYOP. Uh, so all you watching at home, stick around. We'll be back shortly. And we're back. Welcome, everyone. Hope you had uh, an enjoyable five-minute break. We're here to uh, have a few questions, have a few interview questions um, for our guests today who have uh, uh, quite, a, uh, quite a lot, especially between them, quite a lot of PSYOP experience. So hoping to um, benefit from their views on uh, what PSYOP, the PSYOP conference has been, what it is now, and, and kind of where we, we might see it going in the future. So um, to start, uh, let, me, let me open with a question to Elizabeth. Um, we had a conference this year. Uh, it was a little weird, though, a little different than it usually is. Um, uh, and especially, you've seen quite a lot of changes personally in terms of, of your tenure of what the conference looked like. Uh, and I think you're really actually the only one to have seen it in all its incarnations from kind of seeing it as it was and seeing it in emergency status and then seeing it this year and being kind of behind the scenes in that. So um, what, I mean, what was the highlight of, of how it went this time? How, what, was, what were your thoughts on the conference? You know, um, people I imagine don't have, <laughs> uh, because we're, we do things well enough so we don't, uh, folks don't have to get into the weeds. Um, so I'm sure folks don't have the level of awareness of, you know, the amount of volunteer power, um, in addition to our insanely, um, capable IO or AO staff, um, that all the effort that it takes to pull these things together. Um, so for me, when I think about, you know, 20, 21, all these years from now, I'm going to think about, Whitney, I'm going to think about Emily um, and Scott and the folks that really played these absolutely pivotal roles in pulling this thing off. Um, as an attendee, I will say, <laughs> I fell down the deepest rabbit hole into the asynchronous content. <laughs> I started with one like live session that I was like, yes, I definitely want to make sure in like a busy day. So I listened to that and then I was like, I thought I saw like something else that was related to this topic. And then... I don't know, four hours later, I was like, is it dinner time? Like, <laughs> so I, yeah, I was just a junkie for the access to all of the materials and being able to view those kind of like on demand. Um, yeah, it felt like a level of absorption that, you know, again, I think we've covered the territory on me being a bit more introverted, <laughs> where I, you know, I don't always have that kind of energy at the conference. Um, usually fairly exhausted by the um, social side of it. <laughs> um, so really feeling like I got that level of intellectual engagement and stimulation and could go deep was like, I will, I'll be hoping that in whatever form the future conferences take, uh, that I can, I can get a little more of that. Mm. Pro, pro asynchronous vote. Um, Lisa, what about your thoughts? I, I get the impression you're slightly less introverted. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, at SIOP for sure, like the SIOP is just my favorite week of the year and I'm just mm -hmm. have energy like I never have any other week of the year. And so it, I have a very different reaction. And so last year, I hate to say this when Elizabeth was program chair, but I was so disappointed that my favorite week of the year wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. I went into this like SIOP depression and, um, and I didn't, none of my sessions went like people, you know, how you could back out and resubmit. So I didn't have anything I was doing and I I logged on to the plenary and I was just so like, this isn't a plenary. <laughs> and then I shut it off and I did try something else. I'm like, I can't do it. So, so it was really hard last year, but this year, you know, I got more used to a whole year of teaching online and being by myself in the house for a year and <laughs> kind of getting used to that. And so I'm like, okay, I'm all in. I was on four sessions and I really liked it. I liked it so much better than I thought I was going to. Um, I really got so involved. Like I got that energy from being in the sessions and like talking in the chat with people during the sessions and um, the ones that were interacting. So I, I didn't um, do any asynchronous sessions though since the conference I've been watching the live sessions that are recorded that I missed so that's really nice to be able to do that and I went to a couple of sessions I really liked on um, creative ways to make IO more visible and there were like just cool ideas and a lot of energy around that so that was really fun and then I really liked the posters like how you the little avatars were pretty awesome. I was really having trouble figuring out. I was bumping into trees and I kept walking into people's conversations. They'd be like, who's that lady that keeps coming in this conversation? And then I finally went into ghost mode, but, um, but going on the little poster carpet and having people like, you know, pop up in your house and start talking to you. Like it was, it was pretty cool. So, um, and I liked how the avatars could dance if you held down the Ziki. So I still got to dance with Psyop in my own little way. So I was surprised <laughs> overall that I had a lot of fun, but it was really hard for me to to integrate it with life, like to be home and trying to, because usually, like I said, I never bring my computer to SIOP. I've never once checked email at SIOP. If you had said that, I would have raised my hand. Like I'm just in totally solidly all SIOP all the time when I'm there. And um, I couldn't do that really at home. Like I canceled classes, but I couldn't do So it was like the back and forth was pretty, it, that's what exhausted me. So I, that got me pretty tired. And there was, there was no staff picking up my dishes. So there was a lot of, my house was a mess. Like no one's, you know, cleaning up after me. So that part was too. But mostly I was surprised how much I liked it. Yeah, Tara and I had kind of a similar reaction when we did the our preview gig. Um, it was, it was, there was, uh, especially the virtual chair. It seemed like it, it did recreate a little bit of the serendipity that you get in just running into people. Yeah, it totally did. I really liked that a lot. I was surprised. I was, I was so skeptical at first, but I bet if we look at the numbers at some point, more people were probably engaged with sessions than they would be otherwise mm. for some of those things. I mean, the poster sessions seemed like they were totally full. Yeah, I, I think in the average year, I rarely get to more than like one or two things other than my own sessions. And I'll try to do that, like, you know, buzz on the posters, like when I can find some time, but always random people will just be like stopping yeah. me as I try to do that. So yeah, yeah. So I think I think I probably actually looked at more stuff this year. I wonder if that's a common experience. Yeah, for sure. Would you, so uh, I'm, I'm intrigued though by uh, a, the difference between your responses a little bit. So uh, would you want some of this online stuff still, Lisa? Or do you want full blown back to in-person? Is that your only- I think I want, I think I want both. I was thinking about mm. this 
day in preparation because at first I'm thinking like you can't take the best week of the year away it's you can't don't do it please but then um but then there was some things that I really liked about the asynchronous stuff or being able to go back and so I think I would like if if the live conference can still be what it is and what it's grown to be and has continued to be up until two years ago. But if we can have some kind of asynchronous component or if we could do some kind of online things at different points in the year or have like PSYOP season with an asynchronous kind of like this was PSYOP season um, without taking away that. But I know it gives people access that that might not be able to make it to the conference and it allows you to like engage with the material in a different way. So, um, so I can see the benefits of keeping some kind of online part of it, but if it was all online, that would be the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. For real. Uh, Elizabeth, would um, would all online be a bridge too far for you? Or, or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the 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 challenge for an introvert at the conference, right, is just it's just a game of energy, energy management, right? Making sure and, and Psyop has been great about this and um recent years, right, like creating the quiet room and, you know, these other spaces where folks can sort of, um, if, particularly if you don't have a room at the conference hotel, you know, you don't have that space to kind of rest and recharge to, um, you know, to, to be inclusive of uh, different preferences in that regard. So, um, yeah, I, the, the connections that are made, you know, between the, the folks that you're sitting next to at a session, you know, through the, the social events at night, um, and, you know, just the, um, the various interactions that run the gamut, I, I do think <clears throat> while, you know, Whova has been amazing as a platform and we have definitely squeezed every juice out or every drop out of that lemon, um, <laughs> or whatever the right fruit is that we want to choose. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it, you know, the, the, the energy from, you know, those kind of asynchronous connections, I haven't mm. found to parallel, you know, the spirit that I have with grabbing somebody, you know, mm. in the whole after a session and and being able to dive in yeah well so speaking of squeezing life out of fruit uh is there anything behind the scenes that uh you think might surprise some of the viewers i mean you especially so recently you have um uh, a lot more exposure to that in, in a wide variety of contexts than i think most folks so any any uh surprising tidbits that you might uh, share yeah, I had plenty of time to think about this in advance. Um, but the <laughs> I don't think I have anything stellar to say. Um, I mean, what was definitely surprising to me coming in as program chair is just the the depth of knowledge that our administrative office brings to this work. I mean, it's mm truly mind-blowing how much they know about us as IOs and the needs of our membership and what we're trying to establish, you know, with the with the efforts um, that we make uh, toward the conference. Um, and, you know, when I think about, like, Larry Nader in particular and the amount of institutional knowledge that that one gentleman has, um, it, is, it is truly mind-blowing. Um, and just sort of seeing, you know, from a cultural lens, right, like the evolution and the progression of the conference over time and, you know, how that's a reflection of both what's obviously, you know, trends in society, but how the organization has evolved over time as well. So I just I always appreciate a historical perspective on things. And so for me, being able to, um, you know, get that level of uh, information and visibility through the program chair role was pretty, pretty powerful. 
You know, I I've, I think I've been uh, personally surprised. Like, it, rationally, you think, oh, of course, there are a lot of people. But until you're in the machinery, I don't know that it's so obvious just how massive a number that is. That even even within programs alone now, it's many dozens of folks uh, just doing, you know, special sessions and managing the call and all the stuff that, that happens there. And then when you broaden that to conferences, I mean, it's, it's hundreds, I, I think. Um, so actually, that kind of brings us to our next question um, for for uh, Lisa. Uh, how so? You 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 did the you took these roles, program and conference chair, quite a quite a, a bit longer ago, a little bit longer ago. Oh, you're interested. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just yeah. How have how have things changed since that time? Was Psyop this big when you did it? Has it grown since then, or is this more or less the same that we've always yeah, had? It grows every year. Um, hmm. And I don't know what, I don't know if you would ever remember this, Elizabeth, what the numbers were when we were in DC, like of attendees. Do you? Um, yeah, I think we were just shy or right around 5K. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we were um, like in the 3,500 or something at mm -hmm. some point when I was doing it. So it's definitely grown. That was big. Like, so, so it grows all the time. It's just so many people that are there and there. So there's, I think the number of people behind the scenes have grown kind of with that a little bit. Um, but it's always been this like pretty well-oiled machine. And I think, um, I think not everybody knows the difference between program chair and conference chair. Like, I think I didn't know that before I did those things. So program chair, if anybody's interested, I could tell you. So interested, <laughs> I'm going to tell you anyway. So program chair, um, you know, is the more like the content of what's what's going on. But so much of the work happens really early on. So a lot of the like hours and hours and hours that you're spending is the week. It used to be a weekend. I don't know if you guys still do this, like the first weekend where you'd get together and I'm probably not get together over the um, pandemic, but it used to be you'd go to wherever the program chair lived, the pre or the one in training and the past program chair. So the three people do it like it's always three people together um finding the reviewers for all of the submissions and getting that all coordinated and um and then there was another weekend where you got all the scores in and you had to determine what your cutoff score was who was in who was out and then um put everybody in a slot and as you can imagine that is a lot of coordination work to get done in that period of time and um but the the software was pretty good i'm sure it's better than it was then we did sometimes have some issues with that but so most of the stuff and then you'd have a committee who would work on um special sessions and invited sessions and stuff and you'd kind of in the master tutorials all that kind of stuff um and you would meet the conference before to start planning that but the program chair's work was kind of at least when i was doing it was kind of once you got to the program it was done like everything was organized and coordinated whereas the conference chair is like a wedding planner kind of so they're the ones like dealing with the hotel and the plenary session and getting all that organized and the finding a closing speaker and doing all the parties and picking out all the food um and so it's a little bit more like when you're there you really have to be on they had a little walkie-talkie you walked around with and like kind of made sure everything was was running smoothly so it's they definitely the two two roles work together a lot but they're definitely two different roles i think program chairs a lot more work really do you get to eat all the food or just pick it yeah, off a piece of paper you get, to, you get to taste the food um so there are the conference meetings at the hotel before you would get to um sometimes taste the food so that part was mm. good and eat the food 
And um, yeah, so it's, I think that that job is a definitely a different job and you get, and you kick off the conference. So you're in front of all those people like opening the plenary and closing the plenary. And so you're more visible in the conference chair role, but I think you do a lot more work in the program chair role. That was kind of, so the conference chair gets the glory and the program gets the work, whatever. So, um, but I don't know how much those things have changed over time. I think that the, a, the administrative office was always really doing so much of the work and um, Dave Nershi was in charge when I was there and um, he really, did most of it. He just like asked me if I was okay with stuff. I'm like, sure, that sounds good. And now it's pretty good job. So he kind of, he really knew what he was doing with the hotels. So, um, but always, you know, would ask for input on things. So, um, but, but in terms of like, what's really changed, I'm not really sure how different besides the, what you had to do for the online stuff. I don't know, like over time before that, if it's really changed all that much, but it's gotten bigger. There's more stuff on the program. I think there's more invited sessions than there used to be, mm. uh, like more theme track stuff than there used to be. That was just kind of getting going when I was first program chair. So it was really used to just be like kind of what was submitted, what was what the program was like, you got what you got. Um, and I think the chair has more creativity in crafting that than they used to. Yeah, that's that's definitely expanded then because uh, yeah. now it's because there's the executive board sessions. There are special sessions. Yeah. Uh, there's theme track, which is like a half day. Uh, oh, Eliz Elizabeth might know this better than I do, uh, as I'm only just learning about this personally. But it, there's yeah, there's a lot now. I, and things were definitely weird this year. I mean, part of the reason, so the current program chair is, uh, or was previous program chair, I guess now, was uh, Emily uh, Solberg. And she said that even during the conference, she was working 30 plus hours a week. Part of the reason I didn't invite her for this is I, I was afraid I might kill her. So uh, just <laughs> just calm that down. Um, they did a good job. Yeah, I, pro I, don't, I don't know how much of that will continue or how, I don't know. Uh, Elizabeth, what are your thoughts on how weird this year is compared to what next year might be? Pretty weird. I mean, you know, we talk about the, you know, the the full sort of ensemble of folks that it takes to make this happen. And when, you know, and the, the institutional knowledge and all the support from the AO, but this year it was basically starting from scratch. I mean, we didn't even really use the system that we love to hate to get all the scheduling and stuff in place. Mm -hmm. um, so it, yeah, I think, I mean, Emily's experience was extreme. Um, and, you know, her ability to step up is really, you know, this will just be in the in the legends of, uh, you know, the annals of PSYOP. <laughs> Emily will be there as program chair. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, my experience, and I think probably similar to Lisa's in that, you know, first year being active when we thought that we were going to have a regular old conference in Austin <laughs> was, um, yeah, I mean, I'm a practitioner, right? So I don't have a ton of flexibility in the work week. So I'm, I was getting my work done mostly on the weekends. Mm. Um, and I had a prior practitioner program chair tell me, you know, like adopt a PSYOP Saturday um, mentality, you know, <laughs> and that's what it's going to look like. Um, and he was right. <laughs> he was very right. Um, and yeah, that's, you know, then there there's the intensive period as you're really, you know, planning the, like going through the submission review and uh, program planning cycle in the fall. Um, but after that, you know, you're like, here you go, AO, like, <laughs> let me know if you have any problems, um, except hmm. then COVID. So mm -hmm. that was the case for uh, 2020. But I think, I mean, 
I think what you can expect, Richard, is, you know, hopefully not exactly, um, you know, what what Emily and Whitney experienced this year, um, because there will be some level of familiarity um, as you all figure out, you know, what things are going to look like. Um, But anytime we're talking about massive change, right, like we we count on folks to pull in from a bunch of different directions to help support. So. Yeah, I might not have mentioned this is actually a focus group um, collecting data. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. Um, we can we, uh, let me let me ask you to expand a little bit on that, um, maybe um, Elizabeth. What what do you think the role of the PSYOP conference is within within the field, and how maybe how has that changed even you know surrounding COVID and maybe outside of that? Like what in my mind at least, the conference is very central to what PSYOP is as an organization. Um, is that is that good? Like what 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 does the conference mean for the field in your in your opinion? And maybe how should it change or not? Yeah, yeah. No, I think if you'd asked me this question two years ago, you know, what does the conference mean to PSYOP? I would have said, I think the conference is PSYOP. I mean, I understand like the website and on paper, you know, <laughs> like that that it's much more than that. And there's um a, you know, several arms and and uh different entities um, within PSYOP that support any number of initiatives. Mm. But in terms of the lived experience of the members, um, the vast majority know PSYOP through the conference. Um, And I think that presents some pretty interesting challenges. Um, Lots of cool opportunity when it comes to the conference itself, especially as a volunteer. It's it's fun to work on something that, you know, has such a clear and demonstrable impact. as an organization, though, um, and I think, you know, I you don't as program chair have, you know, a ton of need or visibility into all the budgetary stuff, right, with SIOP, a role in the executive board is going to give you way more visibility to things like that. But, you know, having little um, sorts of visibility to that, I think, you know, what we learned this year, and, and Georgia was forthcoming about this in some recent remarks that she made, right, it does present some interesting challenges for the viability of the organization financially um, to have our work streams wrapped up um, so materially in the conference. Mm. Um, and the reality is right why we're, while we're, you know, obviously not a, a, a for-profit entity, um, we need resources. <laughs> um, and we need, you know, we, and we want to be able to, to diversify and, and help meet member needs in a variety of different um, capacities. And so I think a lot of thinking has gone into the last two years, you know, around well, last year plus, I guess, um, into making a more concerted effort um, to, to diversify a bit, you know, outside of the conference while, you know, obviously not wanting to set the conference aside by any means. Um, and I think that's going to be increasingly important for us in the future, particularly, um, you know, all of the work that not just SIOP, but the world is doing around inclusion, diversity and equity right now. Um, the degree to which we stay, you know, attached to the idea that our organization is wrapped up in an event, um, I think is sort of, again, presents some interesting challenges. Yeah, you know, it's uh, there's both the financial angle, which I saw pop up in the uh, strategic plan, which actually that's a random fact. I don't know if most SIAP members know. You can find the strategic plan on the SIAP website. Um, but uh, yeah, that popped up in there as being uh, the financial piece of it. I, I wonder also if there are demographic shifts at play uh, in who the field is and what we value that um, we need to make sure that the conference continues in alignment with. I don't know. Um, 
I mean, Lisa, what do you what do you think? What are the what is the potential for the conference to evolve? Like, where where can we go from here? Like, should we just keep doing the, basically what we've been doing for more years, or, or are there are there changes that maybe we should think about? I think that I guess kind of like what I was saying before. I think the conference should still exist as an event, and I do agree that SIAP is an event to people and not necessarily even an organization. That's why they like go, they don't say you go to the PSYOP conference, I'm going to PSYOP, like that's what PSYOP is. I don't think that needs to go away. Um, but, but given what Elizabeth was saying, I agree that there's just the the shifts in the membership, there might be different needs from people that I think having some kind of online component to things or offering other kinds of um, services or networking opportunities, mentoring opportunities, things like that. Um, because we've, we've always talked about this and I think it's more important than ever to make sure that um, PSYOP seems, PSYOP as the event seems inclusive to people and what ways can we improve on that? We've tried to do that year after year after year and I think there's, there's more we can do um, for certain, but there might be other things that we can do outside of the conference to increase that inclusivity for everybody and just think about different services that maybe we we haven't been offering before that we could do as an organization but um but i don't i i think of it more as an and than an or like what else can we do in addition to this great event that we have and the event can evolve to some degree and maybe we can add on some things as well great well, those are those are some great uh, closing thoughts. Thank you, uh, thank you both for your time here uh, and uh, contributing to our discussion about PSYOP. I'm sure, we will swing back around to this topic at some point in the future. Again, see how things have changed. So, thank you both. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Uh, that brings us to the end of our uh, gig number five. Uh, as always, please join our uh, Discord so that you can chat with us before, during, and after the show. Definitely. Hit that subscribe button in YouTube, get a notification the next time that we go live so you never miss a show. Um, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Uh, and we'll see you next time for another great IO get together. See ya. Oh, the times were hard and the wages low. Leave a Johnny, leave a I guess it's time for us to go And it's time for us to leave her Leave a Johnny, leave her Oh, leave a Johnny, leave her For the voyage is done and the winds don't blow And it's time for us to leave her I can't believe it's already over. Can you? To keep the excitement going, check out our website at thegig.online. Join our Discord community to chat with your hosts and your fellow giggers. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss a gig. Above all, thank you for joining us, and see you next time for another great I.O. get-together.